Welcome to the program. I've been waiting for you. And this week, I'm going to continue my brand new series called Chosen by God. And you're going to find out this week, you are exactly the kind of person that God wants to use. But I want to remind you that right now we're offering you my brand new book called Christmas, The Rest of of the story. Oh, I want you to get that book. It is beautifully illustrated and loaded with things you've never heard about Christmas. It's just going to thrill you. And when you get it in your hands, you're probably going to say, why didn't I order several? Because it's so lovely. You're going to want to share it with somebody else. Watch this. Think you know the Christmas story? A babe in a manger, three wise men, and a few lowly shepherds. But did you know that's just part of the story? In Rick Renner's timeless new book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, Rick uncovers the stunning details of the nativity story you've never heard. Like how many wise men there could have been, how far they would have traveled, and why Herod was troubled at the news of the birth of a new king. When I was growing up, I heard the same Christmas story year after year, and I loved it. When I got older, I found treasures in the Christmas story that no one had shared with me. That's what is in this book, and I wrote it to share with you and for you to share with those whom you love. When you call or go online right now to pre-order this book for just $35, you'll receive the timeless story of Christmas, now beautifully told in this landmark Christmas keepsake. Through its detailed watercolor illustration, Christmas, the rest of the story, invites families to explore the true meaning of Christmas as they interact with the story across the stunning hand-drawn pages. Bound in a hardcover, large-format book, you'll create a family tradition that will last for generations. Great as a gift or for enhancing your own traditions, pre-order the book today, Christmas, the rest of the story, for just $35. Call now or go to renner.org to order. Don't miss this special Christmas offer. Please, please go online or give us a call to order your copy of Christmas, the rest of the story. And remember that we're also offering you right now my series called Chosen by God. It's 15 parts. The subtitle says, God has chosen you for a divine assignment. Will you dare to fulfill it? Say yes, because God really has something marvelous just for you to do. You've been chosen by God. And this series comes with a great study guide. My friends, the study guides are just wonderful. It's like we put a whole banquet on the table in front of you. All you have to do is pull up, sit in the chair, get out your knife and fork and dive in because it's all prepared right here for you. And you can use the study guide while you're seeing or hearing the series. You're just going to love this. And we're offering you right now my book by the same title called Chosen by God. Please order this. The foreword is written by my dear friend, Joyce Meyer. And when you reach out to us, please tell us how to pray for you. We're really praying people. And when you reach out to us, we will get into agreement with you according to the words of Jesus in Matthew 18, 19, where he said, if any two of you will agree as touching anything, I'll do it. We'll get into agreement and Jesus will do his part. He'll move in your life. But let us know how to pray. You can call us right now. We're waiting for the phone to ring or you can send us an email and we'll begin praying as soon as we hear from you. But today I want you to open your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. That's where we're going to be primarily this week. But today I'm going to begin by just reading a little bit from page 131 in Chosen by God. Listen to this. 
God has dealt with human beings for thousands of years. Through the ages, he has mightily used both gifted, talented people and those who possess little or no natural gifts or talents. It's interesting to note that most of those who were greatly gifted according to the flesh were so strong-willed and prideful that they had to be dramatically changed before those gifts and talents could be used for God's glory. On the opposite extreme, those who had no natural gifts and talents often had to be dramatically convinced that they were worthy to be used by God. That's just a little snippet from Chosen by God. And today, we're going to talk about the fact that you're exactly the kind of person God is looking to use. When I was growing up, I had a really poor self-image. Oh, it was such a fight in my life. And I documented fully in our autobiography, which is called Unlikely. And I'm really not glorifying what I went through. I just want people to understand that if I could get through what I went through and could wake up to the call of God, so can you. And that's why I talk talk about it so honestly in this book. But I didn't know if I could be used for anything. I downgraded myself, belittled myself, and really believed I wasn't worth much. But then I woke up to the call of God I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It put my life on a new trajectory. And I began to understand God was pointing his finger at me to do something special. And he's pointing his finger at you as well. But open your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. But I want to tell you that God has always used regular common people to build his kingdom. I know that we like to think that God's going to save some famous movie star and use that person to dramatically affect a lot of people, or maybe a king or a queen or a politician. But when you look at whom God has primarily used throughout history, it's not movie stars, it's not singers, it's not celebrities, it's not politicians. God reaches into the hearts of common people and empowers them to do what they could never do by themselves. We read in Isaiah 55 verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. And when you look at how God chooses people, it's pretty interesting. It probably would not be people that we would have chosen. For example, when God needed a prophet to confront Eli in the Old Testament and to be a reliable voice to the nation of Israel, who did he choose? He chose Samuel. Samuel was just a child when the voice of God came to him. Some scholars believe that Samuel was between five and six years old when he was attested to be the national prophet of Israel. That's who God chose. Would you have chosen a five or six-year-old boy to be a national prophet? And when God needed somebody to kill a giant, He didn't choose a mighty military man, but he reached into the heart of David, a lowly shepherd, and empowered him. God chose David from the fields and pastures, brought him to the battle lines, and it was David that God chose to bring down Goliath. That is amazing. Would you have chosen David for such an assignment? And when the fullness of time came and it was time for the Son of God to be born, God reached into the heart of a young virgin whose name was Mary. And most scholars believe Mary was probably about 13 or 14 years old at the time that she gave birth to Jesus. Would you have chosen a 13 or 14-year-old girl to bring Jesus into the world? Possibly not, but that's who God chose. 
And when Jesus began his ministry and he needed to choose disciples, he didn't go to the theological schools or the theological institutes, but he reached into the hearts of fishermen and tax collectors and empowered them. He did not go to the theological schools of the day, which is probably what most of us would have done. God was looking for something different. He wasn't looking for brains. He was looking for those that had heart. And when God needed somebody to pen great doctrinal truths in the New Testament, who did he unlikely choose? Saul of Tarsus, a man whose heart was filled with hate, a man who was going about to arrest and to even give his authorization for the slaughter of Christians. And boom, Jesus met him on the road to Damascus, saved him, called him into the ministry. Would you have chosen Saul of Tarsus? I don't think so. Would I have chosen me? No, I don't think so. But my friends, God is in the business of choosing the folks that most of us would have never chosen. And that's why you are exactly the kind of person that God is looking to choose. You know, God has always shown up in surprise places. For example, when Jesus was born, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords came into the earth. He was born in a barn. Who would have ever expected that God would have shown up in a place like that. But when you come to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 29, the Apostle Paul tells us that God is in the business of using ordinary folks because, listen to this, 1 Corinthians 1, 29, that no flesh should glory in His presence. When God works through common people, it's guaranteed God is going to get the glory. And my friend, God is pointing his finger at you. And the very things you think disqualify may disqualify you actually may make you a first pick in the mind of God. It might make you a first pick. Again, would you have chosen Samuel? Probably not. How about David? Probably not. How about Mary? Probably not. How about the disciples, fishermen, and tax collectors to do theological work? Probably not. How about a Christian killer to write most of the New Testament? Probably not. But that is who God pointed his finger at. And they may have been flawed in many natural ways, but they had hearts that God knew he could use. And the Old Testament and the New Testament is just packed with illustrations of people that God wanted that the world didn't want anything to do with. That is amazing. And today we're going to begin looking at this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and we're going to be starting today and all week looking at verses 26 and 28. So open your Bible. We always use the Bible in this program, and we're believing for a revival of the Bible in the church. But hey, open your Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and we're going to read through verses 26 to 28. And today you're going to need something to write with. You're going to need a pen because there's really going to be a lot of revelation shared in today's program. But listen to this amazing verse. For you see, you're calling brethren, how that? Not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound, confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. These verses do not say that God doesn't call mighty people. It doesn't say that he doesn't call wise people. But if you look at this, it says not many. God's call primarily is extended to this normal 
common, average people like you and like me, and He empowers us to be what we could never be by ourselves. But let's look really at this verse a little deeper. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, it begins by saying, For you see your calling, brethren, have it not many wise men after the flesh. What does that mean, wise men? Well, the word wise is a translation of the Greek word sophos, and I'm going to read to you directly from my notes. The word sophos, which here is translated wise, can portray highly educated people such as scientists, philosophers, doctors, teachers, and others who were considered to be the super intelligentsia of society. It describes those that are brilliant, intellectually sharp, or especially enlightened. It depicts a class of individuals whom the world would call clever, astute, smart, or intellectually brilliant. It was a term reserved for those who were considered to be intellectually impressive or even a cut above the rest of society. Now that is amazing. So Paul says not many from this category are called. Well, his call comes to you regardless of whether you've got brains or not. You don't have to be the super intelligentsia of the world to be used by the Lord. God specializes in calling people that are common, average, run-of-the-bill, ordinary people. That is amazing to me. And again, God does call people from this upper echelon of society, but Paul says, not many, not many. If you look at your church, you're going to find the church that you attend is filled with common people. You know, this is so important. I want to read this again. The word sophos was used to portray highly educated people. Listen to this, such as scientists, philosophers, doctors, teachers, and others who were considered to be the super intelligentsia of the world. These belong to a class of individuals whom the world considers to be clever, astute, smarter, intellectually brilliant, to be super impressive or a cut above the rest of society. That's really what that word sophos means. So Paul in this verse tells us that God doesn't primarily call people that fit into the category of the super intelligentsia. He does, but not many are called that fit into this category. I'm not overlooking the fact that many intelligent people have been called and anointed by God, and He's still calling them today. But the truth is, even though God extends His call to them, many of them don't accept the call. They don't respond. Hmm. And if you look at the early church, listen to this, you'll see that it was primarily composed of servants, slaves, and poorer people who heard the good news of the gospel and believed it, and God transformed them into a mighty army. Wow. Now, friends, I think that's amazing because if we look at the church today, we're going to find out the church is still composed of very common people. That's who we are. Now, I'm not debasing those that are super brilliant. I'm not even debasing education. I think you know by watching this program that I believe in education. People should get as much education as possible. People need to use their brains to the best of their abilities. But God doesn't call people based on a diploma. 
He calls people based on their heart. And even if you don't have a diploma, but you have a right heart, then you're the person God is looking to use. And this is very, very important because many people say, well, I'm just not educated enough to be used. I haven't been to seminary. I haven't been to Bible school. I don't have a diploma. Where does the Bible ever say God is looking for a diploma? When you come to Psalm 20, verse 7, David wrote an amazing statement. Listen to this. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. That is an amazing verse, and here's the reason that it's amazing. The best technology in David's time was used to develop chariots. Mm. Man's greatest intellectual powers were employed to make chariots go faster, stronger, and safer. And in addition to that, horses represented natural power, strength, and might. So when David said, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God, David was essentially saying, some trust in man's mind and his great achievements. Others rely on their own natural power and might, but we will rely upon the name of the Lord. So if you're one of those who've said, well, God can't use me because I haven't been to school. God has, can't use me because I didn't finish high school. God can't use me because I don't have a diploma or a certificate. Dismiss all of that and renew your thinking. God doesn't primarily call those that are intellectually brilliant. He does. But Paul says, not many. And if you don't fit into the category of those that are intellectually brilliant and highly educated, don't dismiss yourself because you're exactly the kind of person that God wants to use. And remember that when Jesus called his disciples, they were fishermen, they were tax collectors, they were just common people. And God today is still looking for those kind of people. And I want to read something very interesting to you, words that were written by Flavius Vigetius Renatus. You say, who in the world was he? Well, in the year 380 AD, he wrote a book, about the Roman army, and it is revered as the greatest book about the Roman army that was ever written. And listen to how he described the best soldiers in the Roman army. Here's what he said. Peasants are the most fit to carry arms. They're simple, content with little, inured to fatigue, and prepared in some measure for military life by their continual employment in farm work, in handling the spade, digging trenches, and carrying burdens. And in the same way, God's looking for common people who've been through a lot of things in life. They've already toughed it through many things. They've got a will to do something. And God says, well, that's the kind of person I need to be a member of my great army. So if you find that you're a common person, quit complaining that you don't feel you're very exceptional and start rejoicing that you're a first pick in the mind of God. And remember, the Bible does not say God's looking for brains. He's looking for hearts that want to be used. But hey, then 1 Corinthians 1.26 continues to say, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh and not many mighty. What does the word mighty mean? Well, it's the Greek word dunatoi. It's plural. It's derived from the word dunamis, which is where we get the word for might or for power, but when it becomes the word dunatoi, as we find in this verse, it describes primarily people that have political power or political might, and it carries the idea of a person who's high and mighty in the view 
of the world, which means God doesn't call those who think they're high and mighty. Wow. He calls people who have hearts that simply want to be used. Now, this word dunatoi, which here is translated as the word mighty, could describe the president of a nation. If you've ever been near when a president drives by in a motorcade, you can nearly feel the power in that motorcade. These people really carry a sense of might, a sense of power. But Paul says not many from this category are called to be used by God in a great way. God calls common folks. That's amazing. So if you've prayed before and you've said, oh, Lord, if you could just save this president, if you could just save this politician and use somebody like that, that's fine to pray that. But don't miss the fact that God is trying to use you. You've been chosen by God. Now, when you look at the New Testament, you do find that God did call some high and mighty politicians. For example, in Acts chapter 13, verse 7, we find there was a man named Sergius Paulus, who was a political figure who responded to the call of God, but that was very unusual. When you come to Acts 17, verse 34, you find there was a man named Dionysius. He was a member of the high court in Athens. He responded to the call of God and he was saved. When you come to Romans chapter 16, verse 23, we find that in the city of Corinth, there was a man whose name was Erastus. He was one of the public officials of the city. So God did extend his call to those kinds of people, but not many people from that realm responded. The people that are simple respond to the call of God. And that's why you're exactly the kind of person that God is extending his call to today. My friends, you're exactly who God is looking for. And if you've dismissed yourself and said, ah, just not smart enough. I'm just not gifted enough. My life is just too common, routine, monotonous for me to ever do anything special, then you need to change the way you're thinking. Don't fall into that lie. That's the lie I believed when I was a young man. And I had to fight through that lie, which every day said to me, there's nothing exceptional about you. You have no good future. It was like a prison that controlled my life until the power of God set me free. And I was awakened to the fact that I really had been chosen by God. There's nobody more common than Rick Renner. But God extended his call to me, not because of my gifts and my talents, but because I had a heart to say yes. And if you have a heart to say yes, God is extending his call to you right now, right now. And if you need somebody to pray with you, about how to step into God's plan for your life, call us. We will pray for you. Send us an email. Let the phone ring right now. The moment the phone rings, we're going to release our faith for you to really wake up to what it is you've been chosen by God to do. Right now, my announcer is going to tell you how you can get all the things we're offering you today, and then I'll be back, and I'm going to pray for you. Rick Renner's new series, Chosen by God, is jam-packed with strength and encouragement to help you wake up to the fact that you are chosen by God and not just for salvation. God has a specific, marvelous, and powerful plan for your life right now. There is nothing more thrilling than to know you are chosen by God and exactly what He brought you into the world to do. In this powerful 15-part series, Rick will prove to you that God has a specific plan designed just for you. While you are experiencing so many hassles along the way, you can overcome any roadblock the devil tries to use to stop you. You have everything you need inside you to bulldoze the powers of hell out of your way. That you are exactly the kind of person God wants to choose and use. 
This 15-part series is available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $24. We're also offering you Rick's 304-page book, Chosen by God, with a foreword by Joyce Meyer. Joyce says, in Chosen by God, Rick clearly establishes that many are called, but few are chosen. But why is this the case? What are the necessary requirements for not only being called, but chosen as well? What is the cost of fulfilling God's call upon your life? Rick gives us all the requirements necessary to say yes and to fulfill our God-given destinies. This dynamic book is just $18. Are you ready for a life adventure? Order the 15-part series Chosen by God and the life-changing book Chosen by God. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. This is Rick Renner and my friends right now, we're in the very middle of our ministry expansion project. It's three phases. Phase one was building the new studio in Moscow. You helped us do that. Thank you. Phase two was finishing the interior of the studio. You helped us do that. Thank you. Now we're in phase three, which is retiring the debt on the ministry headquarters in Tulsa, Oklahoma. When we built our building in Riga, we did it cash. When we built the building in Moscow, it is amazing that we were able to do it with cash. And now we want to retire the debt on the Tulsa headquarters building so we can liberate all that money to really take the teaching of the Bible around the world. And in that Tulsa facility, we're taking calls from people who are literally calling us from all over the world and from that facility. We're producing TV programs, social media. We're fulfilling orders for books and giving away thousands and thousands of different resources to people who are reaching out to us because they believe that we provide teaching they can trust. And today I want to ask you to please continue to be a part of our giving team so we can retire the debt on the Tulsa building and then we'll be finished with the ministry expansion project. Thank you for your prayers and thank you for becoming a part of the giving team. I am so glad you've been with me today and we're just getting started on the list in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 of the kinds of people God does call and the kinds of people that God does not primarily call. And you're going to find out God calls common people. And that means you're exactly the kind of person that God wants to call and to use. And I want you to order my brand new series called Chosen by God. It is just jam-packed with encouragement and faith. It will help you step out to do what you've been chosen by God to do, my friend. And it comes with this wonderful study guide so you can read it all while you're seeing it or hearing it. And right now we're also offering you my book by the same name. Please order this book. I love this book. Chosen by God. The foreword is by my friend Joyce Meyer. And remember that when you become a partner with our ministry, and a partner is anyone who financially regularly supports our ministry, to help us take the teaching of the Bible to people all over the world. And people all over the world are tuning in for the teaching of the Word of God. But we need your help to get that Word to them. And that's what you do when you become a financial partner. And the moment you become a partner, we're going to send you my book called Life in the Combat Zone because it's dedicated to partners. And we're going to send you Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness because it is such an important book. We give these two books to everyone who becomes a partner with our ministry. But hey, put your hand on your heart, and I want to pray for you. 
Father, forgive us for dismissing ourselves as being unusable. And I pray, Father, that you help all of my friends today wake up to the fact that they are exactly the kind of person you're looking to use. Help us, Lord, wake up to the fact that we've all been chosen by God. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you tomorrow, but please remember Ecclesiastes 8.4. It says, where the word of a king is, there's power. Thank you for watching this broadcast. For more information on product resources or to learn how you can partner with this ministry, please connect with us at renner.org. Also, please be sure to visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.